We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Ninety-nine problems, but became one. Why visit six times without committing? That's wild. Like I said before, man, that's about resources, man. Right? Uh, yo, Brady Smigel hopping on a plane, you know, on his own dime. That's that's not an inexpensive flight coming from California at the last minute. Trust me, I've booked over the last four years plenty of California to Chicago flights. <laughs> At the last minute, that's not an inexpensive flight. So it's about resources, man. Kids have people and families that are fully supportive and proximity to schools. He's been to Wisconsin, what, four times? I know he's been to Michigan because he came to Michigan one trip right before he came to Notre Dame. Owen mm-hmm. Strippy. I remember that. So. He's been in Michigan a couple of times, if I'm not sure. I, I feel like he's been in Michigan a couple of times. He's been I think he's definitely been at least time. once to Michigan. Definitely yeah. at least once to Michigan. Yeah. Yeah. So that's just resources, man. That's resources, proximity, and opportunity. Yep. You know, six times like is a I lot, said, though. That's a wild number. It's a wild. Yo, how because he hit what? He hit what? Two two games this year. You have to think about that. How many yeah. off season visits has he had? Because if he hits he, two or three games, he did three. So he did three this past off season. He did mm-hmm. two game visits and then mm-hmm. back for this time. So that would be mm-hmm. number six. Yep. So he literally, I think, just. Business. I think he did like the Midwest swing to start yeah, it out. He did that a, yeah, he did that a couple of times. Matter of fact, got offered, went back yeah. to Notre Dame, got back one more time before the season, and mm-hmm. then two game visits. Yeah, yeah. So. It can add up during the process. Yeah, it can add up. And like you said, when you have that proximity and the resources and you can do the circuit, like yeah. you said over and over again, you're getting you're hitting two or three schools every time you go out. So. I actually think that's going to end up being the norm if you're like region, you know, if you really lock in regionally. Yep. Like Chris Burgess went to what, two or three games? This year? He went to, I think he went to two. Yeah, I think he two? went to two. Yeah. So that's the average, two to three games for kids, and then you add off-season. 
you know. Yep. You get up to three or four visits pretty pretty fast. He was shocked it was six, like you said. So <laughs> literally literally I have the message. He's like, he's like, I think it was it was something like, dang, I've been there six times. <laughs> like which goes to show you that he's not even aware of how much he's been in Notre Dame. Yep. So it's just really like, yo, I can go. Oh, let's go again. Let's go again. Yep. Yeah, it's kind of like going to Six Flags if you live in Chicago, dude. Like over the course of a summer, you like, dude, I've been to Six Flags five or six times. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, crazy number still, though, man. That's a crazy, crazy number. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. We, we had Jason Smith. Now we're talking about offense line recruiting. Just ask, so is Josh Petty not in the mix? Notre Dame's recruiting Josh Petty, Jason, but if we're talking about realistic players, I mean, right now, Will Black's committed to Notre Dame. Owen mm-hmm. Strebig, Notre Dame's in a great spot there. They're in a pretty good spot with Matty Augustine, and then they are pushing for Jack Lang. Like, it, But they are still recruiting Josh Petty. It's just Josh Petty is in the Nathaniel Wusu botang boat I was talking about last week. Josh Petty says all the right things about Notre Dame, Sean, but he's never been to Notre Dame. <laughs> so... <laughs> Until he makes the visit, it's just uh, he likes Notre Dame. He says, "Sure." Just yeah. like last year, Samson Okalola always used to tell me he likes Notre Dame. Oh yeah, I like mm-hmm. Notre Dame. Oh, you send him a visit? No, eh, not yet. And then he never does. Right? That's that's how these things tend to go for guys that might like a school, but they don't have a high interest in a school. Like there's a big difference. There's a big difference there. So just doesn't. It's not, I don't know if Josh Petty loves Notre Dame. We'll see if that changes, but just is where it is. All right. So let's go to, I was going to talk a little Chicago kid here or outskirt of Chicago, whatever. I Benami. Any updates on Taylor Taylor? I know Brian had him as his top wide receiver several months ago. I didn't, there was a little bit of a transitional period, obviously going from Chansey Stucky to Mike Brown. I know there has been contact to the Taylor family. I know that they would like to get Taylor Taylor back on campus. As far as I know, I don't think Taylor has set up any visits in the near future overall. If you've spoken to his family or know anything about his family, his family is very like well organized and schedules things like pretty far in advance for the most part. So Notre Dame was going to try to get him back on campus. We'll see. I, I'm not like genuinely. I just don't think that there's any 
one school that is like the school for Taylor Taylor right now. I just, I just don't think that that one exists. I think that Notre Dame is going to have to fight obviously. And we'll see if they're able to get him back on campus this off season. We'll see. Obviously they'll, they'll need to get him back on campus a couple times this off season. That's a major players for this kid. Miami, Kevin Beard has been in Chicago. Dude, Kevin Beard is here all the time. I'll just leave it at that. He's here all yep. the time at constant contact. Um, Michigan, you know, I think the family is even high in Michigan, but we'll watch the Harbaugh situation and the impact that might have, right? And who the new yep. coach might be. Notre Dame, it's high on the list, but like you said, the transition at the you know, the wide receiver coach position. Reestablishing contact, getting them back on campus to meet Mike Brown and do that. And, you know, I, there was a pre existing relationship of communication with Mike Brown at Wisconsin. Yep. Yep. So that is a benefit to the situation. They, and then you they have, did have course, a relationship. Yep. They yeah. did have a relationship. Uh, of course, Ohio State is always going to be in a mix for Midwest wide receivers. So, Man, it's going to be a fight. Or any or any wide receiver, Sean. Yeah. It doesn't have to be Midwest. Any you're, wide receiver in right. state is going to be in the conversation. Yeah. Ugh. Gosh, they, they do pretty well. They do pretty well. Yeah. We had Bear Down Soldiers. Soldiers. Who says, sounds like a bunch of huge offensive linemen kids. At those heights, who's plays inside? Who's playing inside, guys? So, Sean, let me, let me give a scenario here. We'll say a final four ends up being Notre Dame hypothetically. We will say Will Black, Owen Strebig, Maddie Augustine, and Jack Lang. We'll just mm -hmm. in this hypothetical. Who's playing inside on those two? For me, the two guys most likely to play inside, in my opinion, Jack Lang's a tackle, not moving him. 6'8, incredibly athletic, not moving him. Mm -hmm. Owen Strebig, 6'8, not moving him. Maddie Augustine. He kind of plays bully ball a little bit. He's a pretty physical kid. I would be okay with potentially looking at him inside. And I think Will Black could play both inside and outs. I think that he has the athleticism to play outside. But I think that he plays with good enough pad level and good enough just kind of understanding of leverage that I would say Will Black, Matty Augustine would be my most likely guys to move inside out of that four-man group. I don't know if you agree with that or not. But. Yeah, I agree with that. I agree with that. All right, let's go to we had another man, a lot of offensive line questions today. I love it. Sloppy Joe, what's the ideal offensive tackle size for an NFL tackle? I only asked because I saw Caden Proctor weighs 365 pounds, and I thought that's way too big for a tackle, yet Alt only weighs 320 pounds. Well, sloppy Joe, <laughs> there is a I mean, so there's a prototype, right? The prototype offensive tackle, just from a scouting terms perspective. Between 6'6 and 6'7, somewhere in that ballpark, 315 to 325 pounds and 34 inch arms or more. That's kind of the prototype. It has changed over the years and it changes a little bit depending on what scheme. If I'm a heavy power scheme, I might be willing to have a bigger offensive tackle because, hey, I might run a little bit more PO action out of it. I might do a little bit more play action off of, off of run looks. And I don't need a guy to vertical set a ton. I don't need him to 45 degree set a ton. So he could be a little bit more of just a power setter. So, the, you know, maybe the little bit of the clunkiness or a little bit of slower feet isn't going to hurt him as much. I mean, we've seen yeah. Dewan Jones plays starting offensive tackle for the Cleveland Browns. I know he got hurt down the stretch, but he is 6'8, 365 pounds. We've seen that type. We have also seen Michael Roos 
played for the Michael Roos played for the Tennessee Titans. He was 6'4", 300 pounds, barely. Like there's different body types, but typically 6'6", to 6'7", 315 to 325 pounds, 34 inch arms. That's that's what scouting standards typically are for offensive tackle. But it's changing, Sean. I mean, we're seeing Isaiah Wynn get drafted to play tackle, who's very an outlier. There's outliers. But. I was still, is you know, is, is your feet. Yes. I don't look up top. Offensive tackle play is about the feet. Mm-hmm. If you're 360 and your feet, you're dancing like a bear, it doesn't matter what you look like up top. I would think some of the best left tackles, in, like Willie Rofe was – like, dude, it, oh, Hall of man. Fame is, yeah, <laughs> Hall of Fame is huge, is filled. Uh, uh, Walter Jones was huge. Yes. As a tackle. Like, but they can move, about, man. But they, they can, can move. move. At that. Uh, Orlando Pace was huge. Oh, gosh. Yes. As Jonathan Ogden was Jonathan like 6'10". Ogden was six, yeah. So, man, if you're, it's all about the feet at, at offensive tackle, man. It really is. Uh, um. Oh, he just retired from the Rams. He's a pretty big guy to tackle. Oh, well. Andrew Whitworth. Andrew, Andrew Whitworth. Whitworth. Yeah, yeah. He was he was a Andrew Whitworth did not look like an NFL left tackle, but Andrew Whitworth was a great NFL left tackle. Yes, <laughs> he, was he was. A, yeah, yes. Oh, Sean, this situation was funny. I was talking about it yesterday. I actually made a couple of jokes about it. But Tyler Evans with a super chat. Tyler, thank you so much, man. Appreciate you. How do you get a ninth year in the NCAA? Four season-ending injuries, yeah. right? Yeah, it was something like that. I think it was at least three. Like he yeah. missed. This is also this is obviously talking about Cam McCormick, who started his career at Oregon, and he he's now at Miami. So he had at least three seasons that were just completely lost. I believe, like I th- at least two that were just like no, no, nothing at all. And yeah. I think there were other two seasons where he like barely played. And so he's had a ton of injuries, man. A ton of injuries. At some point, Sean, I don't know if you agree with this because it's very unfortunate they said that many injuries. But at some point, aren't you just like, all right, man, like, you know, like, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, nine years, like nine. I, I don't know, yeah. man. I don't know. At, at some point, I was joking about it because my, so my, I have a co-host on another podcast on an NFL Draft podcast, Sean, who is um who is, you know, a professional, right? Like he's, mm-hmm. he, he works in the industry now. And he was a 2016 recruit the same year that Cam McCormick came out of high school, 2016. These were the other players that were 2016 recruits the same year as Cam McCormick, who's going back to college for another year. Miles Sanders, A.J. Brown, D.K. Mm-hmm. Metcalf, Michael Pittman Jr., Landon Dickerson, Nick Bosa, Ryan Burns, Rashawn Gary, Derek Brown and Oliver are all the same year as Cam McCormick. At some point, I think you just got to be like, Cam, sorry, man. Didn't work out the right way, but like seven years was enough. Eight years was enough. Nine years. (laughs) Nine years. My guy better have. He loves the perks. Sean, what is, so here, I'm going to ask you a question. You had to go to school for nine years. You got to go to school for nine years, college. What is the minimum amount of degrees that you should have coming out of there to make it worth your while? Minimum minimum three, right? At least, right? I think. You I mean, could I'm at least like, be a, doctor, a doctorate. 
Minimum. Yeah. Yeah. Minimum. I mean, I'm, yeah. <laughs> it's it's wild, man. Like, yeah. it's just, I, I just, well, don't minimum, minimum masters, minimum masters. Because you get to a certain point where, okay, you're a graduate, but you're not really going to class. Like, I don't know. You definitely should have a master's minimum. Yeah. But at that point, I mean, yeah. I, I don't know what he has, but I, I hope because I, I don't I, I don't know the situation. We're gonna joke about it because it's nine years and it's it's crazy. But I hope for Cameron Corbett's sake, I hope that he took advantage of this. I hope he cashed in on all the degrees that he needs and got a free education out of it. If he did, then cool, man. Yeah. Perfect. But nine years is a lot. It's a long time. Long time. Literally. Cam McCormick has been playing college football as long as I've been with my wife. Wow. That's my analysis. That's my analysis. That happened. Wow. Back <laughs> I, you I, just said next year is going to be 10 years with my wife. And literally I met him. I met my wife in 2016 or no, wait, no, I'm, I'm completely wrong. Wait, I'm way off. Wait, why am I so off there? Wait, that doesn't make any sense. Am I completely off here, Sean? I don't think so. 2016, 20. No, I met my wife before that. I had to have. I don't know. I'll look back at the dates. I don't know. Yeah. But whatever. I know I met mine way before you met yours. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. But it's, yeah. It's crazy, man. Math is hard. Shut up, guys. Shut up. <laughs> these, these jokesters in the chat, Sean, they think that my wife listens to this podcast. You guys are crazy. You guys are absolutely crazy. If you think my wife listens to this podcast. I don't know Let's if move. my wife listens to the podcast, but she listens to me when I do the podcast. Oh, she gets yeah, the best part of it then. She's like, no. So I heard you talking about me. I'm like, okay, you're a hustler. Like, <laughs> right, right. <laughs> hey, man, she gets the best parts of the conversation. I respect it. I respect mm -hmm. it. David Lowe. I haven't seen David Lowe in the chat too often lately. David just said, any chance we land a five-star in the 2025 class? Well, David, I, uh, we've always talked about this, but like the five-star thing is subjective. It can be a five-star, but are we talking about five-star on one platform? Or are we talking five-star consensus? Are we, you know, we, we have to make those parameters first. I would say this, Sean, how many players would you say have five-star talents? I, I think that we can justify it that way. Would you say Deuce Knight is a five-star talent? Fringe, mm. yeah. 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 I'm trying to think of who else I would say is a five-star-esque type of talent. I'll say this, and this might be, this might be, I, I don't know if people would agree with this or disagree with this. I think that Damian Shanklin, if Notre Dame lands lands Damian Shanklin, I think that that kid has five-star upside. I do. I think he has that type. Yeah, of I agree with that. I agree with yeah. that wholeheartedly. Yeah. Yep. So, David, I, I think that they'll land a couple players kind of just getting to the nuts and bolts of the question. Like, they, they're going to land a couple players in this class that I believe are five-star caliber football players, right? Mm -hmm. And we, we just talked about Nathaniel Wusu-Botang. Like, again, I'm not saying Notre Dame's going to get him, but I think he's a five-star-esque type of player that's going to be on campus this weekend. So let's wait and see. David, I would say this. Ask me this question when Notre Dame signs its class because this is a great conversation piece. It really is between 
what is what are people ranking them and where do we rank them right like what do we see in them because there's always a difference of opinion in those types of questions which i love i think that's my favorite thing we had well we just had this one sean from pk says ryan do you know Derek Meadows, 40 time, used to live in Vegas and have friends who go to the all Gorman games. He is not a high volume target for them. 50% of chances are jump balls with inferior comp. 50% of catches are jump balls with inferior comp. Uh, so PK, he ran at the comp, he ran at Notre Dame's, he camped at Notre Dame last offseason. And I think he was either six four or six foot five, one of those two. And he ran four or five flats in the 40, which obviously for six or five is pretty fast, right? It's pretty fast. So he can run, he can run low volume of targets, Sean, but he averaged a crazy yards per catch and he scored a bunch of touchdowns in the amount that he amount of opportunities he got. So he, um, he's a height, weight, speed guy. He's a height, weight, speed freak athletes who, uh, still developing as a receiver, obviously, but the tools are obviously all there. Jason Smith said, is Jarquez Carter coming? No, Jarquez Carter is not coming this weekend. I do not know if he's planning a trip or not, but he is not coming this weekend. Ida Benami just said, athletic article on Owen Strebig. He mentioned how he's taking a step back due to the new Wisconsin offensive line coach. Think that is something to keep an eye on. I mean, I haven't got any indication on that, Iden. I, I haven't talked to him about the... I don't even know who Wisconsin's new offensive line coach is to start with the conversation. Like, I'm not really sure who that is. I just know that things are in a great spot with Owen and I wouldn't be shocked if Notre Dame's able to close it. So we'll see if that is a deterrent or not, but I haven't heard anything of the sorts as of now. Sean, have you seen Owen Strebig's junior film by any chance or not? Not so much. Yes. Oh yeah. Yes, you have. Yeah, okay. as soon as he jumped on the scene, yeah. yeah. Okay. The, the kid was like, it's, you know, you watch certain film and it's like, who is this guy playing against? Like, who are all these little guys he's playing against? And it's not so much that he's playing against small competition. He's just massive, man. But he's like a lean massive. Like, he holds it really well. Right, like you mm -hmm. said, the first time we heard about him, he was like two ninety. Right, that was he was listed at two ninety, and we were like, "Yo, he's two ninety! Like, as a sophomore, like this is wild." Mm -hmm. And then you watch his junior film, and you're like, "Okay, he's starting to fill out, but he's still lean. He's still, he's very Joe Altish." Yeah. You know, oh, he's just a massive kid, man. Right, he's like just he's just a got a big boy kid. frame. Yeah. <laughs> big boy frame. Yeah, it's just like. Yo, but this film is all because he's always been, yo, good feet. He fits Joe Rudolph because they use the offense they use him in. He pulls. He does a lot of different things. And he loves to hit. He loves to get to the second level and block. He's not. Because you see kids that just know they're bigger. And I don't want to call them lazy. But, like, when you know you're bigger and you can just depend on your size, you have some kids that when you watch their film, you're like, okay, that kind of comes across. He doesn't come across like that. He doesn't yeah. come. And really, he could be French. He had, if he takes another step, mm -hmm. he could be one of those 4.5 French five guys as well. 
Yeah, he's got that type of talent. I, I yeah. His sophomore film was really impressive. I thought his junior year he was just kind of the same, which isn't a bad thing. I mean, that just mm-hmm. means, you know, you know, but I think he I think he does have a jump to take, Sean, because offensive linemen especially, I think we need to mm-hmm. remember this about high school kids. They're still learning how to use their body, man. Like some of these guys just don't even understand the mechanics of how their body is supposed to be used yet. <laughs> like it just isn't. So I think that those jumps can always happen. So I'm interested to see it. Mm-hmm. Oh, this is an interesting one. 99 problems with BK1. If you could compare both floor and ceiling for each of these prospects, how would you rank these? Christopher Burgess, Damian Shanklin, CJ May. And there's another part there too at the end. But Sean, let's go. Let's go floor first. The floor rating of these players. Christopher Burgess, Damian Shanklin, CJ May. What would your order be on that one? Oh man, it's actually a pretty good one. It's a pretty good. I'm question. sorry. Let me let me take my let me take yeah. my Chicago hat off. And put it to take the side, Chicago. right? Quick. Yes. Yeah. Throw it in the trash. trash. Throw it in the no, trash. I'm, I'm gonna put it back on. As soon as we're done with this <laughs> but <laughs> no, Shanklin Burgess May. Shanklin Burgess May. Yeah. For floor, you think the floor is, is that? No ceiling. Oh ceiling. Okay. I'm yeah. Sorry. Ceiling. I'm no, sorry. no, you're good. You're good. We're on the Hilly. same floor? wavelength there. Yes. Yeah. Floor. It's tough, right? Because I, I think is. Sean, I, I think is. what you hit on right there is I think we completely agree on the ceiling. Okay. Shanklin Burgess May. Hundred percent agree. The floor is an interesting question. It is. That's interesting. It is. It is. It's the more difficult question. The ceiling is easy. Yep. I would opinion. say. I would say for floor. Burgess would be third for me. I okay. think Burgess has, I mean, I just had him as the second highest upside guy. I think he has legitimate superstar potential, but mm. he's still very raw. I mean, he's still yeah. very, very raw as a player. Third for he would be. This is gonna surprise some people, okay? I might go CJ May second, and I might put Damian Shanklin thir- first, because although I still think that there's a lot of room for improvement and development for Damian Shanklin, Sean. Six foot five, two thirty plays, brother. Like that plays even on the floor. That plays, you know. I so I think Shanklin actually might have the highest floor and the highest ceiling for me, which is kind of weird to say. It's kind of weird. I agree. That was a good question. That was a really good question. Very thought provoking, especially the second part. Yeah, that's. Let's go to Ida Benami, who just said, "Who is the highest ranked twenty twenty five non committed recruit we're looking at?" Well, on, on campus this weekend. The highest ranked kid that isn't committed to Notre Dame, I guess, would be Nathaniel Wusu Botang. He is the highest ranked kid. He's number 19 overall by rivals, I believe. Other top guys, Iden, just so you know, some of the, like the I guess with like the better recruiting profiles. Mm-hmm. Owen Strebig's got a really nice recruiting profile. Jack Lang's got a really nice recruiting profile. Dallas Golden's got a really nice recruiting profile. I think Mark Zachary's rated as a top 70 player by at least one platform. He's got a nice recruiting profile. Jadon Blair is ranked in the top 30 by at least one recruiting platform. So there's some guys, man. There's some guys that are ranked pretty dang high. Pretty dang high. All right, we already hit on the Julian Sayan news. We talked about the ninth year of eligibility. Sean, here we go. Here's another news that popped last night. Joshua yeah. Board, 
Can you give us your thoughts on Bill O'Brien being named the Ohio State Offensive Coordinator? I think it's a bad move. It also risks losing Brian Hartline. Can I be like totally honest? Yeah, man, be honest. Of course yeah. you can. Um, Ryan Day used Brian Hartline as an excuse for why things haven't been going right. He flat out threw him under the bus. Even though he didn't call plays, like it's so weird, man. He made dude. When you're a play caller like Ryan Day, you're at the helm. You're at control. Like Kingsbury wasn't calling plays at USC. Like what, dude? What are we talking about? We understand what happens, right? And he, Brian Hartline, has been the scapegoat. And if you listen to anyone connect to a former uh, Ohio State players have blamed Brian Hartline. Like, dude, we got all these wide receivers. Why are the wide receivers not, you know, why is, you know, Emeka Abuka not developing? I'm like, what? This dude was a first, second round pick this year if he if he didn't come back. Yeah. Like, Marvin yeah. Harrison's a top three pick. Like, what do you, well, Marv was Marv. Oh, so they don't get any credit for developing him? He just showed up, like, the way he was this year? It's amazing the many ways and people connected to the program have tried to blame Brian Hartline. When the truth of the matter is, they had incompetent play at quarterback. There was a, an extreme drop off from CJ Stroud. That, yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, he's still in the playoffs. Did you not see him last weekend? Compare him to Cal McCord. It's clear what the drop off was in the offense because they have plenty of talent, and most of that talent offensively is coming back. And if they get the quarterback situation right, once again, Ryan Day is going to look good. Yep. He's going to look good. So Bill O'Brien, in my opinion, is a non-factor. What is he really controlling? Now, is this a situation where the powers that be yeah. had a talk with him after three consecutive losses to Michigan and said, hey, man, you need to bring somebody in here. Now, is that well, a well, situation? Sean, I would oh, no. I would. I would say this is that Bill O'Brien's pretty egotistical. He's an egotistical Absolutely. person. Do you think he would come without having that autonomy as the number one play caller? I, I don't know. He probably wouldn't. He probably yeah. wouldn't. Yeah. So, you know, I'm sh- maybe, you know, maybe they had talks and said, you know, we're not going to get rid of him, but we can be very suggestive as to sure. what needs to be, what needs to happen. It was a very interesting choice. One, I do think that this means that Ryan Day is letting go a little bit and being mm-hmm. more the CEO type, which I think is good. I don't think that's bad because I honestly think that Ryan Day is a pretty overrated play caller, to be honest. I don't think he's bad or anything, I but see I, that. he's a little bit overrated. I can see that. Bill O'Brien's an interesting choice, though, Sean, because he kind of he alienates people sometimes, right? He's not a – I don't know if I would necessarily say he's a uh, – I don't know if he's a builder, right? Like, I, I don't know. He's a, I think he's a, I think he's a good offensive mind. He's a good offensive mind. What's his best, what's the best thing on his resume in your opinion? I mean, probably his first stint in New England with Brady, I guess, was probably his best. That was some of better offense. I was going to say taking Deshaun from year one to year three. Oh, no, he was only with Deshaun two years, I think. Oh, and with Houston? Yeah, yeah, I mean, he did a good job in Houston as the play caller, too. Yeah. yeah, he did a good job in Houston. I mean, he did he did a pretty good job at Penn State considering everything he was dealing with, too, as the head coach. I mean, there was a lot on his plate, obviously. Oh, that's well, true. Stuff happening there, yeah. but, yeah. 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 I just think 
he wears on you? Yes. Or he can wear on you? See, we can get to this whole, we can, man, we can sit here and talk about play calling for like an hour. Yep. You really can, right? Because I think what you saw between, uh, what was his name, Ben Johnson? Yep. And, uh, and McVay last weekend was, yep. was some beautiful stuff. Was Man, it was almost, I felt like, it's so funny because play callers, good, great play callers will make you feel like they didn't do this enough. But you're not <laughs> yep. mad. Right. Right? You're not mad, but you're like, man, he could have done that. Man, that worked so well. He could have did that some more. Like, yo, he could have ran Kyron more against the Lions. Could have. It was really yeah. efficient. It worked really yeah. well. Yeah. But you're not mad. You're like, but dude, this was working. That was working. So, yo, I understand. Puka Nakua nine... had nine, eight, nine catches yeah. for 180 yards. Like, yeah, exactly. Know, and know, that's, yeah. you know, that's that's great play callers, right? Like, dude, yes. how do you argue with Matt LaFleur in the way he used Aaron Jones on Sunday? Like, you don't. Like, how do you yeah. say he should have let Jordan Love throw more? Should have went four or five wide. For what? I mean, Jordan still got his, man. He threw like 273 touchdowns. Like, he still got and, his, you and, know? <laughs> and that's that's great play calling. Everybody gets theirs. Yep. That's great play calling. Great play callers find a way for everyone to get theirs. And, you know, I don't know if Bill, o Bill O'Brien has a little bit of stubbornness to him. Yes. Well, well, He's not he can't be any more stubborn than Ryan Day, though. Ryan Day is extremely stubborn. Oh, buddy. Man. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. That's two very egotistical person people mm -hmm. in one room. <laughs> That's a lot of ego in one room. <laughs> oh gosh. That's gonna it's gonna be a weird dynamic. I can't wait to hear my first update from C Tate. Can't wait. Can't wait to talk to him. Can't wait. Like, please tell me what Bill O'Brien's like. Just a very, very strange fit, right? I should, because Sean, I, I said this before. I was talking to someone yesterday about it, but I don't think Bill O'Brien's a bad play caller. I think he's a pretty good play caller. I think he's a smart offensive guy. I don't think he's a good person, though. <laughs> like, I, well, I shouldn't say good person because good, good is involves so many different things. I don't think he's a very nice person. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I just don't yeah. think he's a person that you want to be around. Like, he doesn't strike me as that type of guy. Yeah, but you, I think he's a good player. Can, I think he knows still ball. Do a really good job. Yeah. yeah. Despite being you know, a jerk. Yes. Yes. I think he really I'll knows how to offensive ball. You know. Yeah. Oh, he's a jerk. Hundred percent yeah. a jerk. Yeah. Hundred yeah. percent. No doubt. Nathan Milton. Andy Milton fan. 2025 offensive line class has the potential to be the best since. I'm not sure, man. I'm not sure, Nathan. Hey, I'm going to tell you, man. I think as it, when it's all said and done, I think 23 is going to end up being a very good offensive line class to the University of Notre Dame. You know, you know, I was going to say, Sean, is I was like, I was literally going to say it's the best since at least 23. <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? Like, yeah. I think 23 was kind of like, Underrated and they Underrated. lost, they lost Elijah right out of that yeah, class. Elijah Page, I like Elijah Page yeah. too. But yeah. even losing Elijah is like they got some dudes. I think, dude, Charles and Sullivan next to each other could be, could be pretty man. good. Could be yeah. pretty good. Sam Pendleton just strikes me oh, as a guy yeah. that's going to be like a multi year, just good starter. And Joe Wadding, I think, could be 
the next great center after Ashton Craig. I mean, like you never know. I mean, I, so yeah, 2023 could be really good. I'm excited to see it at class. Charles guys be pumped, man. I'm so pumped to watch Charles next year. At oh, man. So pumped about it. So pumped about it. John, this one's going to ring true to your ears right here. PK says, I think if Notre Dame can get one of the young monsters of the midway, i.e. a big from Chicago each year, like Christopher Burgess, we will have established the pipeline we need. Well, I know for a fact defensive line is going to be huge over the next two years, especially in the public league. I mean, the uh, Catholic league. And I think yep. in, in the, your report, they went to Mount Carmel today, which is always a national powerhouse. And their defense, Jordan Lynch is the head coach over there. You know, he, I think he placed, what, sixth and seventh in the Heisman race? His Jordan senior Lynch year in Northern Illinois? Yeah. Dude, he was yeah. nasty, so, man. He was a nasty back quarterback, baby. He was nasty. And he has transitioned that program seamlessly. They won another state championship because under Frank Linty, the legendary Frank Linty, they were with Donovan McNabb. Donovan McNabb ran option, bro. What about he ran triple option. Yeah, he ran triple option. A lot of people don't know that. Now, they are wide open, three, four wide. Jordan Lynch has revolutionized the way they run offense and their defense is always stingy. So, um, you're starting to see more sec type athletes right because parker starts the linebacker notre dame was on him for a while yeah yeah, yeah. so yeah it's it's tons of talent in chicago and um you know a lot of people might feel like nate marshall is better than burgess i don't agree yeah but you know the kid was back-to-back -back defensive player of the year in the same conference with Justin Scott, so that tells yeah, you Marshall's, about Marshall's a stud. He's a really good player. Yeah. Yeah. So you know there's always talent. You know, but the best players in Chicago, it's all it's about being in the front of the minds of the players, man. You don't have to get every last one, yeah. but you got to be in the top three. There's no question about that. Like. And it's the same thing for the kids from Indianapolis, the kids from Maryville, the kids in surrounding Indiana areas. Like, dude, you, you're Notre Dame. You have to be, that brand has to be in the minds of seventh graders, eighth graders, ninth graders, as they're going into high school. It just has to be. So Notre Dame is doing the exact, they're doing exactly what they need to do. Yeah, you, so... Notre Dame needs to keep the talent in Chicago and Indiana that they want, right? Mm -hmm. You need to hit you, those two. Can't let the kids get out of state that you really want. You can't let kids get out of Chicago that you really want. Just can't mm -hmm. let it happen. Just can't let it happen. Look, Nate Marshall wasn't a good fit for Notre Dame, whatever. But you have identified, if you're Notre Dame, you identified Christopher Burgess. You mm -hmm. identified... Um, you identified Joseph Reef. You identified mm -hmm. Dominic Kulak. And you have identified Taylor Taylor. You have three out of four of those that you identified as guys that you wanted. You have to go get Taylor and Taylor. I have to go get them. Can't let those kids get out of Chicago that you really want. Can't let it happen. All right, I think we I only just got identified Brother Rice has three kids, right? Um, Brother Rice, yeah. yeah. It's a 24. They had Christian, the linebacker from Brother Rice. It's a Brother Rice is a very slept-on program in Chicago. Right, they're almost like the little. They get played as the little brother to Mount Carmel, but they have really good players, right? Because Trey, the uh, defensive tackle, he went to Michigan. Trey Pierce, 
Christian Pierce, his younger brother, mm -hmm. actually visited Notre Dame, but ended up, he's not going to end up at Notre Dame. This is his senior year coming up. He's probably going to either join his brother in Michigan, Ohio State's high on him, Illinois, yep. Wisconsin. And then you have uh, Alex Steck, defensive lineman from Brother Rice's dad, went to Notre Dame, played for Notre Dame. Uh, Liggins is a South. Is he related to Grant? Is he related to Grant Steck? I think so. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And um, Liggins, Deont uh, Deontay Liggins. He played on the other two. Brother Rice is going to be really good because they have both of these young defensive ends, I think, for another two years. And both of these kids, this Liggins kid, popped off the screen immediately when I watched them play as a true sophomore. And I talked to both of their tackles that are D1 tackles. Uh, both of them graduated this year. They're like, yo, he gave us he gave us the most trouble in practice all year. The Liggins kid. So the talent is Talent is there for the next three or four years. It's like a very special wave of talent mm -hmm. coming through the Chicago area in football right now. Like it's unlike any other time. It's really elite. So yeah, well, I agree. This is the best time to establish that pipeline. I agree. Right, Sean, Sean, I think we had a super chat. It's going to end the podcast. So Tyler Evans wants to know, who are you picking for this weekend's playoff games? So let's go one by one real quick, and we'll bang this mm -hmm. out. Houston Texans at Baltimore Ravens. I have the Ravens in that one. Oh, I really want CJ to do well, but I just don't. Cal Hamilton and that crew. And, yo, oh, what they've man. done to every good team they've played, I don't know how you don't pick the Ravens at home. I just don't. We had the Green Bay Packers at San Francisco 49ers. Sean, here's my upset alert, buddy. Oh, I'm right there with you. I'm right there with you. I'm right there with you. But this is going to be about – this week is going to be about the Packers defense. Your boy Quay, that run your game boy, a little now, bit. I, yeah, Quay Walker was decent last week. Yeah. I know I know you pick at him a little bit. I know. He was, he know. was decent last week. He yeah. was decent. Yeah, yeah. And that's a compliment, saying he was decent. Yeah. So – not good, just decent. But it's no, yeah. no. And if Alexander <laughs> makes a difference, a huge difference. And then he allows their safeties to come down and be aggressive like Savage. You got that pick six. So there's some things that if they can turn Brock Purdy over a couple of times, uh -huh. they might have a chance. Because offensively, I think, yo, Matt LaFleur and the way he's been using Aaron, you know, in the run game to set up every yep. this is can i just say this for a second because i know we're about to get out of here dude you know what no the, you're fine the beautiful thing about play calling it brian is that a yes. play caller is like mm -hmm. a teacher they always find the way to pull the best out of each individual student because every student's not the same that's the job of a teacher find a way matt lafleur found a way but all the talent they had early on with injuries at the running back position and then missing a possible Hall of Fame left tackle that they thought was going to be there. He goes down, the shuffling offensive line. And somehow, some way, he's like, I love my quarterback, but he's not ready to just mm -hmm. let him go three, four wide. I'm going to have to go 12 personnel, protect him, 
and let him operate and play action because that's his strength now. And he rebuilt everything in the middle of the season. And the yep. kid now in the last seven, eight games is what, 29 touchdowns and one interception? Yeah, he's been great. But, but it's mainly out of 12 personnel. Like, if you really watch him, he's going four wide, but it's 12 personnel. And he's doing different things, but he always makes sure that he has him protected. Right? Because if you rush him, that's when you start to see Jordan Love get erratic. So that is like the job of a great play. You have to protect your asset, man. Protect your asset, put him in great position, and then as he evolves, he'll be a better quarterback next year. So they might be able to come out in more, you know, 11 personnel, 10 personnel. But right now, yo, what they can do to confuse you in 12 personnel, because you don't know what they're going to do. They give you so many different looks out of 12 personnel, you have no clue. Like, yeah. I don't know what Tennessee. They're going against Tennessee this week. They're going against this. They, dude, they, everybody knows you put the, the running back. Everybody in the, in the world knows in football, high school, college, and NFL. You put your, your running back out, right? You flex him out, and then you bring him back to the backfield to see if it's zone or man-to-man. Everybody does it. If the linebacker follows him as man-to-man, if the linebacker doesn't follow him as zone. They faked like he was coming back and literally threw a quick screen to them, to him, because he had the numbers. I mean, it was just like he, Matt LaFleur was, was in his bag to watch him tomorrow, I mean, or this weekend, go up against Shanahan. It's going to be fun. It's going to be fun time. I'm, I'm with that upset <laughs> alert, bro. This, this could get real dicey. Yep. Real dicey for the 49ers because I expect the 40 either the 49ers come out super hot or they come out a little because they haven't played. Yep. Right. And Jordan Love and the Packers, if they come out hot and get out front and they can kind of take McCaffrey out of the game and force Brock Purdy to have to do everything, it can get real interesting. I'm with you on that one. Last two. Tampa Bay Buccaneers at Detroit Lions. Sean. I think Tampa Bay had a great performance against Philadelphia Eagles, but I think the Philadelphia mm. Eagles were absolutely just donezo in their minds. Yeah. And I think that was a little bit of an outlier. Detroit Lions at home over the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. There's no way I'm picking Baker Mayfield. Heck, I didn't pick him <laughs> last weekend. So, he won last weekend, unfortunately. Yeah, he but, did. You know, yep. But that was more about Philly than it was him. That, yeah, uh, Philly, Philly was tapped that, out, man. They're is like, that not the play. worst secondary you've seen? Worst defense I've seen, man. They're well, not wild, they're, right? They're really bad. They're a really yeah. bad defense. Really, yeah. really bad defense. Yeah. yeah. Matt, oh, Matt, Matt Patricia calling a defense. Who would have? Who would have thought? thought that yeah. it would have been bad? Yeah. Yeah. Good job, Kansas Sirianni. City. Yeah. Kansas City Chiefs at Buffalo Bills. Sean, I never really bet against Patrick Holmes, but I feel like it's the Bills' year, man. I don't know why. Josh Allen. Give me Josh Allen at home. You can take him. Take him. That's the fourth right. quarter. I'm taking 15, dude. I'm taking 15. It just they better jump out in front because if it's a close game, okay. Hey, right, man, and yep, some key injuries, dude, happened in that Pittsburgh game that people are not mm -hmm. talking about. They lost a safety, two linebackers. 
as soon as AJ Klein came in, the Steelers were like identifying him and pass coverage and getting things That's done. Yeah, yeah, Don't yeah. think Andy Reid and Pat Mahomes are like, okay, AJ Klein is going to be on the field. We can, Bernard is a huge loss. Yeah. Right. Oh, it's Rob Bernard's a good player. He yeah. He's a player. really good. He had an interception in the regular season game. Yep. At a yep. Reg- so, and then the, um, I think he might play, but the young uh, defensive back, the, the physical kid that we both like. For the Bills? For the Bills. I know he was uh, listed as a uh, problem. Okay. As, no, he wasn't probable. He was downgraded from probable. Okay. You know, the, the uh, last name starts with a B. You know, 30. Is he a young kid? Benford. Is it Benf- Benford? Benford? Oh, Christian Benford? Benford from Villanova? Benford. Yeah, yeah. Oh, from Villanova. Okay, I got it. Yeah, yeah he's li- okay. he was downgraded today. So if gotcha. he doesn't play, you're already down white. Mm-hmm. You know, but I, you know, I think Cook, I don't even think it's Josh Allen. I think running the ball with Cook against a Chiefs defense with a give, that gives up a little bit on the ground. Him and Kincaid can probably be the keys, really. It's going to be interesting. I'm yeah. hoping just for a good week of playoff football. There's a lot of blowouts last week, man. It wasn't too much fun in some certain instances. So let's hope for some better games. Thank you all so much for joining the show today. Hey, before you get out of here, Hope you enjoyed the recruiting breakdown in the beginning. Hope you enjoyed Carson joining us for a couple minutes on the mailbag, and I hope you enjoyed the mailbag as well. Make sure to hit that like button for us all. Subscribe to the podcast. Make sure you hit that notification notification bell as well. If you're listening to us after the show, favorite podcast platform, five-star reviews are very much appreciated. Go to boards.irishbreakdown.com. We'll talk to you again very soon. Junior Day weekend. We'll have a lot of great intel over there at boards.irishbreakdown.com. We'll talk to you again very soon here on the Irish Breakdown Podcast.